So I'm going to dive right into it now. I'm going to dive into the message that's been burning in my heart all week long. I hope it encourages you. The title of the message is simply this. You have enough faith to ignite a miracle. I'll say that one more time. You have enough faith to ignite a miracle. For the next few minutes, I'm going to talk about four people in the Bible, and each one of these four people have a different level of faith. And what we're going to know, what we're going to notice is that regardless of what level of faith they are at, they have enough faith to ignite a miracle. So the first person we're going to study is in Mark chapter 9. In Mark chapter 9, a father with a son who is demon-possessed comes running up to Jesus. He is desperate. He is so desperate. He comes running up to Jesus with his son, and he says these words, Can you help us? Such an interesting choice of words. Can you? He was not sure whether or not Jesus was able to or not, but he was desperate. You see, he had a very small amount of faith. His faith wasn't great like those of Abraham or Moses. It was so small that he wasn't even sure if Jesus could do it or not. He said, can you? Jesus looked back at him in the 23rd verse of chapter 9. And he said, if you believe, all things are possible. The man looked back at Jesus and he said, I'm trying to believe. Just help me with my unbelief. Jesus looked back at him and helped him, blessed him and healed his son. What's the takeaway? Here's the takeaway, is that a small amount of faith in action is extremely powerful. You see, whatever level of faith you have this morning, it is powerful enough to ignite a miracle. The second person I want to talk about is in Mark chapter 1. Now this is a very interesting scene because it's about a man who has leprosy. This man lived up in the mountains. He lived in the caves. He lived there because he was not allowed to live in the cities or in the towns. See, if you had leprosy, you had to stay away from all of your friends. You had to stay away from the family. And you had to stay away from everyone else that lived in your neighborhood. You had to stay away. So he lived up in the mountains. Now what's interesting is while he was living up there, he looked down the mountain and he saw this multitude of people coming up the mountain. This was very perplexing to him because this was not typical. The mountains are lonely places, um, but here a multitude is coming up. 
And so he crawls down the mountain, hiding behind the rocks. Why was he hiding? Because he's not supposed to be around people. And so he's hiding around the rocks, but he's, he's creeping. He's, he's spying, if you will. He's creeping to get a little bit closer to find out what is going on. Why is this multitude of people coming up into the mountains? What's interesting is the closer they got, the better he was able to see that there was a man standing in the middle of the multitude. That man's name was Jesus. And Jesus was teaching things that he had never heard before. These teachings are known as the Sermon on the Mount. If you'd like to read about it yourself, just dive into Matthew chapter 6 and chapter 7 and chapter 8. In verse 1 of chapter 7, Jesus said this, and keep in mind, the man that had leprosy was listening to these words. Jesus said, do not judge others or you yourself will be judged. The standard that you hold for other people will be the standard by which you will have to live up to. The way you treat others is the way you yourself will be treated. You see, this man that had leprosy had never before heard words like that. You see, his entire life, he was listening to the exact opposite. People were telling him, get away, stay away. They had been judging him his whole life. And now he's hearing a man say, no more judging. Treat everybody the way you want to be treated. He was taken back by this man's kindness. But all of a sudden he began to see what else this man could do. More than teaching truths that he had never heard before, he began to see him perform miracles. As he hid behind the rocks, he saw blind eyes opened. He saw deaf ears opened. He saw the lame walk. And he began to believe that maybe today is his day. And so he came running out from behind the rocks. He came running. He knew that he was not supposed to be around other people, but he just couldn't take it anymore. And so he came running up to Jesus and he said these words, if you are willing, will you touch me? You see, the first person we studied, the father with the son who is possessed with the devil, his level of faith was really low. He didn't know whether or not Jesus could do any miracles or not. He said, can you help us? But the man that was hiding amongst the rocks, he saw Jesus do miracles. He saw Jesus touch people. He knew that Jesus could heal. But what he didn't know is whether or not Jesus would be interested in healing him. And so he had a little bit more faith than the first guy that we studied, but he still didn't know if Jesus would touch him. So he ran up to Jesus. He comes down and listen to his words. He doesn't say, can you help us? He says this, will you help me? He knew Jesus could. Jesus looked back at him and he said, 
I am willing. And he touched him and he healed him. You see, we have to remember this as long as we live. That faith is not the absence of doubt. It is the presence of belief. See, you're going to live through seasons of doubt. Don't let that shake your faith. Don't let it worry you. Just continue to say in your heart, I have at least a mustard seed of faith. That mustard seed of faith will be enough to ignite a miracle. I'm going to beat that drum over and over this morning. See, you have enough faith to ignite a miracle. Whatever miracle you need in your life, the Lord is standing there and he's saying, put your faith in me. Give me all the faith that you have and I'll do more than what you expect. The third person that I'd like to talk about is found in Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, there's a blind man sitting on the side of the road. Many of you know his name. His name is Blind Bartimaeus. Now, here's something very interesting. He's sitting on the side of the road. He obviously is blind, so he can't see. But he hears commotion. He hears a crowd coming. And so he starts asking, what's happening? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on? And they begin to tell him, Jesus is coming. Now, Obviously, he had heard about Jesus. People had shared stories about what he has done. He's heard about the miracles. He's heard about the healings. And he's heard about the teachings. Now he is filled with excitement that Jesus is coming near. He's so excited. He does not wait to find out if Jesus is going to come close to him. He begins to shout out to make sure that Jesus comes close to him. So he starts shouting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He starts shouting out, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus comes walking up to him and he heals him. So here we have another person that is, he's got a level of faith that the first two guys didn't have. See, the first guy, his level of faith was, can you? The second guy, his level of faith was, will you? But blind Bartimaeus was, I know you can. See, when you have that level of faith, you're willing to take a risk. Let's remember this. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K, risk. You will never see all that God can do in your life until you take a risk, until you step out and say, I believe that Jesus is going to do something special. If you're in your household and and you're unsure because of what COVID-19 has brought to your doorstep, if you're in a, a season of being unsure and unsettled, let me challenge you. Go ahead and say it out loud. Go ahead and proclaim it out loud. Jesus is going to do something. You say, well, I'll 
I don't, uh, I'm afraid to say that. What if Jesus doesn't do anything? Look, Jesus wants to hear you take a risk. He wants you to step out and say, I believe, I believe, I believe. He's still looking for men and he's still looking for women and he's looking for children to shout out, I believe, I believe. See, faith is spelt R-I-S-K. Take a risk, my friends. And then I want to share this last person. You see, this last person is found in Mark chapter 5. And she had an issue of blood. She had been bleeding uncontrollably for 12 years. And she backed up and she saw Jesus from a distance. And she said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know everything will be okay. Her level of faith was even higher than blind Bartimaeus's. She wasn't going to wait for Jesus to touch her. She was going to reach out and just touch his clothes. And she knew that that would be enough. You know what's so interesting is that her testimony began to spread and there is power in our testimony. So her testimony began to spread. And if you flip to the next chapter in chapter six, verse 53, it reads this. And people begged for the Lord to allow them to touch the hem of his garment because word got out that Jesus doesn't have to touch you. You can touch him and you'll be healed. And so that testimony spread. Now everybody's trying to touch the hem of his garment. Now you may be sitting in your living room and in your kitchen right now, and you may be thinking to yourself, well, I don't know if healing still happened today. I don't know if miracles still happen today. Let me tell you, yes, they do happen. And if you need a healing in your body, if you need a miracle, I'm going to tell you that before this service is over, you're going to receive your healing. You're going to receive your miracle. You may be saying, how can you be so sure? Because here at Celebration Church over the last year and a half, we have literally seen hundreds upon hundreds of miracles. Let me show you a few. For a while now, I've been losing my hearing. Third service, he had a word of knowledge and said, is there somebody losing hearing in their left ear? My arm shot up before I knew what was going on and he called me down here. Uh, before I got down here, somebody in the front row said amen, and I heard it plain as day out of my left ear. And at that point, I knew I was healed. And it wasn't until about a year or two after I got married, my husband realized that I cannot hear anything. I couldn't hear anything out of my right ear at all. So we went and got it tested, and they said, you're 100% deaf. All the cells are dead. You're never going to be able to hear. And then he prayed, and I could hear I literally can hear out of my right ear. The prayer partner got down on her knees and started praying uh, for my ankle that there would be healing. Within the first time of her praying, I started to feel some heat going into my ankle. And it started to get warm and started to feel some popping in it. And by the time she finished praying for my ankle, before I couldn't move it more than maybe just a little bit to either side. It just hurt too bad, couldn't move it. By the time she was done, I could move it and have full range of motion, no pain or anything. So Pastor Frankie came down the line and he got to me and he started to pray. And then he said, he stopped and he said, do you feel the pain right now? And I said, yes, I do. And so he prayed for me again. Um, And before he even finished praying, the pain was gone. I have a cyst in my breast. And the entire 2019, I think every single day of the year until I got prayed for, 
it was very, very, very painful. And I decided to come up here and get prayer. And um, Jacqueline prayed for me. And when she was uh, done, she said, I believe what I prayed. And I looked at her and I said, I believe it too. I'm here to tell you I was waiting for this piece of paper to come in the mail. And when it got there, I knew for a fact they were gone. That that's why they didn't hurt anymore. No abnormal conditions. When he said someone in this room has scoliosis, I hesitated at first to raise my hand. I was kind of thinking, yeah, I do. And I stood over here with a lady and she prayed with me. And when he touched my neck, I can actually feel a tingling and I could feel this sensation. And I looked at her legs and she was standing straight. Her back moved when he said, you're gonna feel it. And I looked at him and him and I just affirmed it happened. I've struggled to ask reflex for about 10 or 12 months at that point. It got so bad I was actually tasting blood. Since then, it's been about two weeks, and not once has it happened. Your, uh, your left knee, not on the right and not on the left of it, it's right in the center, almost underneath your, your kneecap. Is it you? Come on down here. I'm very, very excited. There's a lot of miracles that are going to happen. I feel like you're going to get healed before I pray for you. I'm almost so certain you're gonna get healed before I pray for you that I want you to come up here and we're gonna let the Lord before I pray for you. Is there anyone here that you your faith would go up if she said that she got healed? Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here? And again, I'm not the Lord. I'm not God, but his, his word says this, I love his sanctuary because it's where his presence dwells. And I think sometimes the Lord just wants to show you his power to increase your faith. Are you with me? Is it your left knee? Does it hurt right now? Or is it... You got a deaf ear? Father, in the name of Jesus, open up in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Which ear was deaf? This one? cancer. Um, I've been praying for healing for quite a while. Nothing was happening. I felt, you know, why not me? Uh, but then we came here our first Sunday and I got to pray with a dear friend and in the middle of our prayer, she stopped and she was like, is there anyone that you need to forgive? And I was like, actually, yeah, um, I needed to forgive someone. So the reason I had cancer is because there was a piece of metal that was left in my body by someone. And I, I hated this person, hated this person. And I know hate is a bad word, but I, I despised him. And because I finally was able to forgive him 
and let that go, God healed me of the cancer in my heart, and then he healed me of the cancer in my body. It was, it was amazing. So I went to the doctor, and then my doctor, she, kept, she was just shocked, and she kept saying, all right, be still, be still. And I was like, all right, I'm going to be still, I'm going to be still. And she's like, take a deep breath and hold it. And I was like, okay, okay. So I took a deep breath and I held my breath. And she's like, would you just look at the screen? And I looked at it and I just, I burst into tears because as a human, you want confirmation. She actually got to keep the scan. The bottom is the mass that was on my ovaries. And the top is my healthy ovaries now. I hope those miracles and healings encouraged you. You know, here's the thing. You oftentimes watch other people's testimonies and other people's healings. And you may have thought to yourself, man, when's it going to be my day? Let me let you know. Today is your day. Today is your day where the Lord is going to heal you. Now, in the book of John, seven times he healed someone and six times he told them to do something before their healing came to fruition. That's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to try to do something that you can't normally do. If you have trouble moving your arm, I want you to start trying to move your arm. If you're in a wheelchair, I want you to try to stand up. If you can't hear out of your right ear, I want you to cover your left ear and allow God to open that up for you. If you can't see out of your left eye, then I want you to cover up your good eye and wait for the Lord to touch you. And you say, how long is it going to take? Some of you are going to get healed just like that. Some of you are going to get healed before I even pray, which happens all the time. But that's what I want you to do. I want you to do something that you can't normally do. Now, some of you, the healing that you need, you cannot provoke it because it's inside of your body. Some of you have cancer. Maybe it's your liver. Maybe there's something wrong with your blood. Maybe there's something wrong with your skin. Regardless of what it is, if you can't provoke it to see, to see if it will get healed, what I want you to do is I just want you right where you're at, right in your living room, right in your bedroom, wherever you are, I want you to put your hands out like this. And as I'm praying, I want you to visualize almost like a waterfall, the presence of God just falling on you and washing the disease right out of your body. Today is your day. Today is your day. Now let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, wherever they're at, wherever they are, in Jesus' name, allow your Holy Spirit to come over them. Begin to open up their ears and open up those blinded eyes. All the cataracts that are floating around in the name of Jesus, begin to wipe them. Anyone here that is listening to me that stutters and has a speech impediment in the name of Jesus, begin to speak freely as the Lord touches your mouth and 
touches your tongue. Anyone who has a skin disease, a rash, anything that's on your body, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. To have skin like baby skin. Those of you that are sitting down in a wheelchair and your, your muscles and your bones have, have gone, they just don't work anymore. They haven't worked. Some of you ever. They've never worked. You've always been in a wheelchair. In the name of Jesus, I speak to your bones. I speak to your blood. I speak to your veins. I speak to your muscles. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. Push that chair away in the name of Jesus. Every one of you that are having trouble sleeping at night, I rebuke insomnia in Jesus' name. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I want every one of you to remember this, that you are a child of God, that the presence of the Holy Spirit surrounds you. In Psalms 34 verse 7, it says that the angel of the Lord surrounds those who love them and delivers them. I want you to walk in that deliverance. Now, let me say this. Those of you that have experienced a healing in your body, it is so important that you email us and tell us about that healing. Don't wait for later on. Don't wait for a couple hours from now. Don't wait until tomorrow. I want you to do it right away. You say, why is it so important for me to email? Why is it so important for you to tell, for me to tell you my testimony? Frankie, you don't even know me. I don't know you, but your testimony will encourage me. And also, it is your responsibility to give the Lord glory. You see, in the Bible, it says that we should not ever touch the Lord's glory. If I try to take credit for the hundreds of miracles and healings that have happened at Celebration Church, the Lord may strike me down because I have nothing to do with it. The Lord does all of it. I cannot take any credit, but likewise, you have to give him credit. If you don't give him credit, you are the one that's touching his anointing. You are the one that's touching his glory. And so I want to challenge you straight away. Email us. Email us and tell us how you were healed and tell us your testimony. It will build our faith as you give glory to the Lord. Let me say this. I heard recently that a doctor will pronounce a surgery to be successful if they operate on someone's back for a second time and they're at least 10% better. Can you believe that? If they're 10% better, they call that success. This is what I want to say. If you are at least 80% better, let us know. You say, well, I'm not 100% yet. Don't worry about it. Celebrate the 80%. And I promise you, I promise you, as you're celebrating the 80%, the other 20% will come in the name of Jesus. I love you all very much. Be blessed in the name of the Lord.